Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary Day 150. Yahoo, can you believe it? 150 shows. And it's now been three years, nine months, and 23 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. I ran out the door and up the mountain as soon as possible. Today is Sunday, November 26, 2017 for me, and it's the Sunday after our Thanksgiving. November and still hot as blazes here in Southern California. Between life challenges, busy times, and the holiday, I've been eating more and hiking less. So I decided that the best way to be thankful and to get my body back in sync is to hike on up the mountain and share the magic of a new word Mark and I have been using lately, as well as some thought-provoking and endearing comments from the last few shows. So, BCs, after our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll share what I've decided to let go of today. Hint, hint, it involves my new magic word. Then I'll welcome our newest BC, Jeanette M., and give a special shout out to the ladies of the Normal Eaters Club before diving into the comments from days 148 and 149. Then a little cheer as we wrap up by planning for the upcoming holiday season. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh and I'll share with you what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go. Josh, I am endlessly thankful for hearing that wonderful snippet of I'm letting go because every single time I get something new out of that. You know, BCs, when you really let yourself just be with the music, I mean, really be with the music. It's a little bit of that whole mindful meditation thing that Mark and I have been doing. But parts from inside yourself, that smarter, wiser part, will bubble up and tell you what to let go of. Well, that wasn't the case today. Ha! <laughs> because I knew darn well coming up here what I wanted to share with you. And it's this little snippet of a magic word that Mark and I have been using, as I mentioned at the opening of the show. Now, I'm gonna give you a couple of seconds. Guess what the magic word is. Do, 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 well, I bet you didn't guess it. Did you think of things like mindfulness, gratitude, love, care, things like this? All those are great. But this is one that has truly changed my life. And the word is prefer, right? Would you like some grapes? No, I prefer an apple that type of word, prefer. And what I'm learning to let go of is the stress when we want things to be a certain way. Because we can let things go. We can say that we're letting go of expectations, but part of us will niggle inside and jiggle us and say, I want things to be this way. And if they're not, I'm upset about it. 
I mean, I accept it. That's how it is. I get it. Things don't always go my way, but we stress about this. Now, where did you learn this magic word prefer, Lori? Well, I'll tell you, as I've shared in the past, I really have trouble with insomnia, or I have. I've struggled and struggled with insomnia, and it is getting better. And one reason that it's getting better is I went to go see a sleep psychologist who's certified in cognitive behavior therapy specific for insomnia. Now, cognitive behavior therapy works great for other things like compulsive eating urges or other, you know, having racing thoughts, rumination, things like this that can get into our way. But one that really surprised me because I had heard that for insomnia, like if you wake up in the middle of the night, that you should just get out of bed. If you're not going to fall back asleep, get out of bed so that you won't condition yourself that being in bed means you're going to be awake, right? Bed is for sleep and for other things, but not for laying there. So I thought, well, that's what I do. And my sleep psychologist said, not necessarily. What I want you to do, Lori, is to just say to yourself, hmm, I would prefer that I didn't have this awakening, but that's just how it is. I would prefer to be asleep right now, but if I'm not, no big deal. I'm just going to make myself comfy here in this bed. And even if I'm just sitting here thinking good thoughts, or if I'm allowing myself to listen to a little music, whatever, you prefer to be asleep, but that's all it is, is a preference. Wow, I said, well, yes, of course I would prefer to be asleep. I who would prefer to be awake? But I said, okay, I'm paying good money for this to learn some skills from this very, very skilled doctor. I'm going to give it a go. And by George, it did help. And my doctor had said, this works for every area of your life. Now, as Mark has shared with you too, he can get a little bit of a temper going. You know, someone cuts him off in traffic or something happens, it doesn't go his way. He's really been working to be more mindful and to let things go so as to not raise his blood pressure over, you know, silly things, right? So I taught this to him. I said, well, doctor said we should say prefer. I would prefer this gentleman did not cut me off in traffic just then. And he laughed. He said, well, okay, I'll give it a try. So we've been using prefer for everything. Try it. Next time you get into a pinch and things don't go your way, say, I would prefer, and then state what you would have preferred. Okay, like if you hop on the scale after following your particular diet and exercise plan and the scale ain't your friend this week, you can say to yourself, hmm, I would prefer to have a different number on that scale. But that's the way that it is. And the reason why it works so well is that it allows for your feelings. When you say, oh, it doesn't bother me the scale doesn't go down, or it doesn't bother me that I'm wide awake, or it doesn't bother me that this guy, you know, cut us off in traffic. Well, that's a lie, and you know it. And inside your inner self is crossing its arms and stamping its feet and saying, ha, 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 I do too care, but okay, I'm going to put on my mask right now and pretend like I don't really, really care. And you know when you really, really care. You know, like Mark and I have had so many challenges this last couple of weeks, just all kinds of things. Like, 
I won't get into real specifics, but we've had a couple of financial challenges that we didn't expect. And it just seems like one thing after another thing after another thing. And one of those financial challenges is I have a little Ford Ranger truck that we've had since 1999, I think. It's a 1997. And we just keep putting a little money in it and keep it going. It's all beat up, and but it drives. And that's what we do to take our bikes to go bike riding and what I take to go hiking, because who cares? Someone hits it or it gets a scratch or it gets dirty, who cares? It's an old truck and we use it for, you know, hauling plants and things. Well, this truck finally got to the place where it just is not reliable. And we put some more money into it and some more money into it. It seemed like we were going every other day to the mechanic because something else was falling apart. And we come to the realization, wow, we need to get a new truck. Oh my goodness, when you're retired, the difference between car payment and not car payment or liquidating every ounce of your savings and not is huge. We would strongly, strongly prefer that our little old truck would just keep on trucking, keep going, that we could just put some more money into that and make sure that it was reliable but there comes a time when you just can't do that anymore. Oh, it makes me cry because I love that little Ranger. I used it to go to work. We used it for fun, fits us great. We like it fine, but we needed to get a new truck. Well, if you've ever been car shopping, you know that going to the car dealership is not the most fun thing in the world. I don't care what they say. And we knew our numbers and we'd done our research and, and we got an okay deal on the thing and we got this brand new truck, which is fantastic, right? Wonderful. We got this brand new truck, but that comes with now I owe money. I had to liquidate money. It comes with, now I'm terrified when I'm parking at the mountain that someone's gonna put a scratch on it. I have to learn, oh my goodness, all the fancy smashing, you know, all the electronics that are in these things these days. It's just like being a jet pilot. The manual is huge. <laughs> and when you say something, you might activate something in this car. But it's a nice car. You know, we had to do it. I would prefer. I would strongly prefer that we did not have to right now get a new car. I would strongly prefer that we had different timing. I would strongly prefer that my old truck could keep going. All of these things just add stress onto me. And in the past, I definitely would spend a lot of time, and I won't lie to you, I spent some time just kind of stomping around. It's not fair, it's not fair. We have these other financial challenges that have hit us, and now I got this new car. It's not fair, not fair, not fair. Now, BCs, I know darn well that I am very, very fortunate and lucky that Mark and I were able to get a new car when we needed it. That's great. So. I don't discount that for some people, this would be even more of a challenge. But for us personally, this was a big challenge. Now for Mark, I think it's a little bit more fun because this is sort of his baby. This is his new truck and he loves it, everything about it, it's great. And it is, it's a really good thing. But it's hard for me to let things go. 
even inanimate objects like my car or my truck, you know, we're going to donate it and it's, it's going to break my heart to see them all off my little green truck that I had so many adventures in. It's just metal, but it contains all those memories and it has all of those hopes and it has all of those things that I reflected on that and I enjoyed every single month. I didn't have a car payment because that thing had been paid off for years and years and years and years and years, decades, decades of non-car payment, plus cheaper licensing and all kinds of things. All those things are now bye-bye truck. Well, I won't lie either. I was sure tempted to have myself some chips because chips are kind of my stress food. Carrots, well, crunchy, just don't do quite the same thing. However, I prefer not to feel sick in my stomach. I prefer to enjoy chips when I can really enjoy having chips and not because I'm mad over my circumstance. I prefer my life to go along the way I would like it. I would prefer it wasn't so darn hot in November. I would prefer when I'm hiking up the hill that it's nice and cool. I would prefer that all of these drones and helicopters don't come up when I'm right in the middle of recording something. But because I prefer it, doesn't mean I need to stress when things are different because after all, life is full of surprises. Some are fantastic, some are just another lesson for us to learn. But one thing for certain, I prefer spending my time with you right here today at the next to top Zen place. So try it, BCs. See what you prefer. And if that helps you too, let us know. Come post on the show notes or call the Bravery Hotline. Our newest BC, Jeanette M., posted this comment on day 149. Hi, I have just stumbled across both your podcasts. Thanks for sharing yourself. The nature of the struggle is shared by many. When you put things in words, it has been helpful to me. Thanks. Well, thanks, Jeanette, for putting yourself out there to encourage me. And welcome to our family of brave companions who share the struggle and the joys that come with our particular mountain. I appreciate your encouragement, and we would love to hear more of your own story and thoughts as you move ahead with us. I also received a very nice email from health coach Jen Hand, who says, in part, I came across your podcast because many of the ladies in my Normal Eaters Club program listen to your podcast, and they've all been telling me I need to reach out to you. Wow, that was so cool of you, Jen, and here's a great Big BC smooch for you and for all of you ladies in Jen's Normal Eaters Club. You have no idea how much this made my day. BC Dave wins the Big Heart Award for encouragement and ultimate bravery as he posted these greetings to new BCs from day 148 and very, very bravely shares the very personal story of his own set of ghosts and how he deals with them. 
Dave writes, to new BC's Maria S., Sunny, and Kathy C., thank you for joining us and thank you for your bravery. Even after all these years, it helps to be reminded we are not alone in this journey. Letting go of some of my ghosts hurt people. Most of my life, I have dealt with the shame of being overweight and being molested. Before I received help, therapy, by being a bully, trying subconsciously to relieve my pain by forcing it on others. Many of the ghosts that haunt me are now the memory slash shame and guilt of the pain I inflicted on others. I will be going along living life and something will trigger the memories, a song, a new story, a mindless train of thought. I have confessed of my bullying to my wife, my therapist and spiritual leaders and repented and sought forgiveness from above. I have also attended 12-step programs, which also allowed me to confess to my actions. One of the 12 steps is making amends. I have reached out to some of those I have hurt and acknowledged the pain I caused them and apologized. Most of them have forgiven me. There are others out there and I have no idea where they are in life. Some won't discuss the subject. I know I can never undo the damage I have caused and I work every day to lift people up and serve others. I also acknowledge that I deserve the negative consequences of my bad behavior. Three tools I've been given to deal with the emotions when I'm triggered are, one, prayer. I ask my Heavenly Father to help me forgive myself because I know He has already forgiven me. Two, stop the train of thought. I do this one of two ways. A, tell myself out loud, stop it, David. This often startles my wife, but she is getting used to it now. I do it under my breath when I'm at work or in other public places. This derails the train and I focus on positive and uplifting thoughts instead. B, the other thing I do is sing out loud. I find that if I try singing in my head, it does not stop the train. However, when I sing out loud, it truly redirects my thoughts. Three, I acknowledge a thought, I acknowledge the pain I caused, and I visualize the thought as if it is a leaf floating down a stream, caught in an eddy with the leaf thought, going in circles, the train of thought. However, once I acknowledge the thought, it escapes the eddy and floats away, releasing the shame and guilt. This also works with negative self-talk. Dave then moves from the profound to reacting to Mark's crazy cleaning tip. Kool-Aid in the toilet, better than drinking it in my book, but thanks for the tip, Mark. I wrote back to Dave, goodness, my friend, I wish I had a platinum star studded version of the bravery report for you. What a freeing leap into being real to admit both sides of your bullying experiences. My first thought was compassion. It is hard to exist in our world and bullying or picking on the weak is a form of self-protection. Some of my own most vivid regrets in life are all of the times I stood silent allowing someone else to be picked on through my own sheer relief that it wasn't me that time. I felt safer standing back and that is just as contributory to a bullying culture as to actively being the bully. Coming clean, making amends, all of your wonderful tips and heartfelt support of others, just show your bravery and your wonderful love-filled heart. I am honored that we are friends and filled with gratitude for the positive contribution you make to this world, XOXO. BC Joe comments on that show, Lori, always a delight to hear your voice in my ears. Ghosts of the past, yeah, plenty of those in my life, have been banished into the night. 
It is so difficult to forget something that had such a major impact on your behaviors. So bravo and hurrah to you. Big smoochies, XX. Donnie update says about how her new house, her health, and her cause for celebration. Such an awesome, as usual, episode, Lori. I, too, like you, am thinking I may not want to partake in Kool-Aid consumption, but yay for clean toilets. I sometimes think about my new small home and wonder if it's too small and I should have shopped around or looked for bigger. But then when I have cleaning day, I realize quickly how lovely my small house really is, laughing out loud. Then when it comes to paying the mortgage, I, too, validate that the choice was good as a larger home would mean larger cost. Today, I celebrate 23 years of marriage, such a long time, so many memories and feelings. My crazy undiagnosed symptoms of dizzy racing heart continue, but as well my plight to try to find a reason does too. So many people suggest it can be underlying stress and or anxiety, though I don't know, I just keep searching for answers. Yahoo! So happy for all of our new BC friends. So glad you decided to keep the love of this podcast alive, Lori. You are real and true, and that speaks a lot. You share it all, not just what you want people to see and hear. I love that about you. Well, Donnie, right back at you, gal. Donnie continues. Work is normal. The house stuff is done. We are settled. Things seem almost boring. I like the calm. I picked up a side job doing childcare on Sunday mornings. I love babies. It's very enriching and fulfilling. Plus, I get paid. Awesome for sure. My first Halloween in my new home brought around 20 trick-or-treaters. Yay! My last home wasn't welcoming, and we didn't get any. BC Joe from the UK took time to post this encouragement to Donnie. Donnie, so pleased to hear you are settling in and had a fair few trick-or-treaters. So lovely you have a new perspective on your house and your life. Congratulations on 23 years wed. Racing heart may be down to a deficiency as well as down to anxiety, so it may be worthwhile having bloods done. Wishing you well, XX. I was very glad to hear too from one of the original BCs from the UK, our good friend Sue. She's been going through a lot, both challenge and delight. Sue writes this comment on day 146, the episode where memories of my mother's actual passing made me realize our bodies are not who we are. Sue writes, Oh, Lori, this episode is so real and emotional. Thank you for voicing so eloquently in a way that many of us wish we could emulate. You have been very much in my thoughts, especially in the weeks preceding this broadcast. I was starting to feel low around the beginning of September and was very much aware of my own imminent anniversary. I thought I was doing okay, and then on the day, I found it really hard to hold back my tears. Fortunately, my colleagues were very understanding and were with me when I couldn't cope with large crowds. In many ways, I had a bigger outpouring of grief on the anniversary than I experienced in the months following my dad's sudden death. I did something quite unusual for me and made a spontaneous decision to travel and visit my mom. She was really surprised, but grateful that I had gone. We did some clearing out of my dad's belongings the following day, which was useful and good to do with mom. I have been somewhat quiet in recent months for several unrelated reasons. Mainly, I listen to podcasts when I'm settling down to sleep and often come up with things to say that I totally forget by the time I have a chance to write anything. 
Partly, I have been suffering frequent chest infections, which have come especially thick and fast from the start of summer. That and other issues have made me rather tired and lethargic. When I do have some energy, I've invested it in taking part in various productions. The Pirates of Penzance, La Traviata, a couple of concerts which were compilations of various show tunes and other popular numbers. This is a vast departure from my usual choral events during which I can use musical scores. These were with a vast amount of memorized material and even required me having to move in time to music. As usual, my daughter has rocked her solo items in these events. I am far too scared to do solos. The other big news is that I am going to be a grandma. I hesitated sharing this knowing that for some, especially you, dear Lori, will not be able to experience that joy. So for those who find hearing such news hard, I really feel for you. Big hugs. In the meantime, I've started making a baby quilt and knit various small garments. My grandson is due early February and we will be traveling to Italy at half term in February to meet him and congratulate my son and daughter-in-law. Uh, the excessive tiredness and lethargy have meant that my weight has crept up again and I am now the heaviest I have ever been. This is rather disappointing, but I am trying to be kind to myself and not too self-critical. I know that I can mindfully deal with food, but also that I am prone to comfort slash boredom eating when off work ill. I will catch up with the podcast again. My love to all the BCs, XOXOXO. I replied, Sue, what thrilling news. Please don't be afraid of sharing about your wonderful grandson. It is true that my path didn't include children of my own, but I love and adore them and cherish in my heart the joy that families feel at their exciting new additions. I too freaked out around the sad anniversary, as you know from that episode. However, I'm pleased that it seemed to be a watershed for me too. I'm finally feeling more able to move on and adjust to life these days. I'm hoping you will feel some relief as well. Hooray for going to help your mom that day. I know you will not regret that impulse and the sharing of the memories and the moving on you shared will surely help you both. Dang it, I'm sorry about that extra weight. I know how discouraging that can be. But I'm so proud of your singing bravery despite these feelings and your connections with your kids. And I can say for sure, your lovely grandson will love to hug you at any size. As it becomes right for you, I also believe you will find your path to deal with the food and the weight. Much love back to you, my dear, dear friend, XOXOXO. BC Josephine posts this comment on day 149, the bonus show I did off the cuff, and she lets us know what she's been up to. Hi, Lori. I'm sorry I haven't been able to respond recently. Had to travel a couple of weeks, but rest assured I'm still here and one of your loyal BCs. Like BC Dave, I was thrilled to see the bonus podcast. And are all of us BCs from the same peapot or what? So many of us have this perfectionist voice in our heads that wants perfection or nothing. And I, for one, have been trying to let it go extra hard since I found your podcast. One of the most endearing things, I think this was a couple of episodes back, is what you said about so many of the BCs sharing with you that they no longer feel all alone. Isn't it sad that so many people in this day and age of instant communication are so terribly lonely? When the loneliness almost overwhelms me, I listen to you, dear Lori. You are my friend and a dear friend to all the BCs. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I wrote back, Hey there, sweetie Josephine. How wonderful to hear from you. I'm glad you're back from your travels and sharing your thoughts with us. 
Yep, I agree. We must have some whopping big psychic pod out there to hold all of us BCPs. It's ironic that so many of us feel alone and isolated, yet with every BC story we hear some form of many Me Too's. It has been my greatest joy to discover that our tribe isn't really the sad, compulsive wallflowers, but in fact, the caring, creative, self-reflecting, loving types who resonate with kindness and compassion. I have never seen or experienced such a loving, supportive community that also values the autonomy of belief and self-direction. That to me is a miracle. You, dear Josephine, are a very good friend to me. XOXO. To which Josephine said, Ah, oh, Lori, you made me cry, but in a good way. Have a wonderful day, dear friend. And I do feel genuinely that UBCs are my true friends, whether we meet in real life or not. And as friends, I would love it if we can put together a little holiday show to celebrate one another as we've done in the past. One easy way to participate is if you have a smartphone that can record voice memos, just record a holiday greeting and send it to Lori at CompulsiveOverEatingDiary.com or call the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe. I posted a quick video on Instagram and Facebook asking for holiday cheer, and Fiona, our BC songwriter in residence, wrote, Yay, I've been wanting to work on learning a new holiday song, so I'm hoping for some music there from Fiona. So BCs, it's up to you. If you play an instrument or sing, I would love to feature your holiday rendition, and it could be for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, winter solstice, any reason you celebrate this season at all or just to wish your fellow BCs well. You can write a holiday story or poem to post, send artwork to feature on the show notes. The creative possibilities are endless. So if you would enjoy a holiday show, then don't wait, participate. And in the words of Alan Standish and our brave BC Dave, it doesn't have to be perfect to be heartfelt. So until next time, BCs, I prefer that you take care because I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone and won't be holding on to anything again. I'm letting go. Bye.